0: All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. We're talking Blue Mountains Champion Fantasy Baseball League this evening. Um, Joining me, as usual, Shane Stein. It's
1: good to be here, Matt.
0: Uh, Kyle Stramara.
2: Yo, how's it going?
0: And joining us tonight, we have a special guest from the league, Justin O'Brien. What's up, Bino? Not much.
3: Happy to be here, fellas.
0: Alright, I am Matt Kozlowski, um, obviously, and it's been a little while since we got together and talked week three in the books. Um, we have our first trade of the regular season, and that's what I want to get right into starting with tonight. Um, Tom and Cody make a trade. Tom gets Joaquin Benoit, Jason Worth, J.P. Crawford. Vlad Guerrero Jr., Jose Iglesias, and Carson Fulmer. And Cody, the Chodes get Gene Segura, AJ Ramos, and Jay Bruce. Uh, Why don't you guys go ahead and break down that trade? Well, for me,
1: it was uh, kind of shocking to see a trade take place this this early in the season. Um, We actually talked about it last week on the pod uh, that Jay Bruce was going to go at some point. Segura might go at some point. uh, Tom was going to be selling off some pizzas. We didn't know it was going to happen so soon. Um, we talked about. Did, it did you say bit.
0: pizzas or pieces? Pieces. It sounded like you said that <laughs> Tom was going to sell some pizzas.
1: He might be selling some pizzas too. I don't, I don't know. I <laughs> even I'd be a buyer that one.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> But yeah, I, we talked about the deal a little bit over the weekend, and I think both teams did pretty well here. um I was a little concerned. I mean, the only thing we were disappointed in—I know me and you were—talking, we th- we wish Tom would have just let us know those guys were available yeah, right now. Definitely, um, I think uh, he would have had some buyers in the market, definitely for guys like Segura and Bruce right now. Uh, I think he could have could have tested the market a little bit and maybe maybe even got more. But he, I think he did pretty well as it is. So, gets back three pretty good prospects. The the pro players, the the major players now, Benoit Worth and Iglesias are kind of. Just throw away guys for me. Um, I don't know that there's much worth there. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but yeah, what do, what do you guys got, Kyle? And Bion?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think overall it was a good trade for both teams. Uh, you know, I got to talk to Tom a little bit. You know, him and I are close, so we spoke as he was in neg- negotiations for the deal, and. I think he did well. I I like Crawford a lot, and I think that was the main piece that Tom was excited about. Um, You know, he was able to get Fulmer tossed in, which was originally not going to be part of the deal. And uh, he's a nice add in to the trade. So, and then from Cody's side, I mean, I think it's obvious what he's trying to do. He listened to our pod, we (laughs) told him that we hated his hitting, and uh, he went out and tried to make some moves. So, good for
3: him. Uh, for me, it's it's a win for Tom. Um, I, I don't I don't see I don't see this trade from Cody's side all that much. Um, I do see he got he got a little better, he got better, but it's not. I don't think it's a trade that put him anywhere into contending or anything. And I think he gave up too much in the way of future prospects for what he got back. I mean, Segura. Uh, and Iglesias, like yeah, is a better player, but not that much better. Um, same thing with uh, Bruce. I don't think Bruce is that much of an upgrade over Worth. Um, and you know, Ramos and Bedwell, both closers. And at the same thing. I don't think. I think all these three players are better major league players, but I don't think it's enough of a step up uh, to be worth. You know, two guys who are a top prospect in their respective systems, as well as you know, 17 year old. Rookie with pedigree like Guerrero, I just I don't see I don't see it from Cody's side unless you know there's another deal
0: out there that he's going to make. Well, I think the thing Segura and Bruce obviously off to hot starts. Um, this is just a bet by Cody that these two are able to continue it. And you know, Kyle, you brought it up about Cody's offense. It was so weak um, that adding these two players, even if as BNF said, he improved his offense only a little. I think it's very it's necessary with Cody's pitching. So, um, the one thing I wanted to add is maybe Tom is still able to flip Jason Worth um, later on in the season if he if he ends up having um, a good couple weeks or so.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, Worth is the only one I think he might be able to flip. Maybe Benoit gets a job at some point and he, he has some value, but who knows. Probably not, Um, but Worth is the guy that he could probably be able to maybe turn into a little something at the end of the year at the deadline. What I'm trying to think, though, is, I mean, we've we've seen Tom's process for the last couple years now. Um, He's stocked up on on top minor league talent. Uh, It's become a topic of conversation this week. As he's gone over the 20, we didn't even have anything in place in our league. Um, At what point... Do, do we have? Does he have too many guys on his, on his minor leagues that it's become too much that you, you can only have so many top minor league talents? I mean, you, you're not going to be able to keep all these guys. Um, obviously, they're not going to come up at the same time, all of them. But at some point, he has to trade some of these guys for, for a top keeper at some point, right?
0: Yeah, I was just going to say maybe Tom's plan now, maybe this almost expedites his rebuilding process by flipping a couple of these Top thirty prospects that he has for a keeper on another selling team, um, who may be a little farther away. I'm trying to think who that might be at this point, but I'm sure that that'll come a little clearer here in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think uh, we've seen this with uh, with Burkhart. Um, you know, he's stockpiled prospects and then not made the move to to get better. And I think Tom has seen a little bit of that process and is going to learn from that mistake. And I think at the end of the day, he's ready to move them, uh, combined to, to get some good pieces. He's already thrown some trade offers at me for guys like Harper and Arenado. But you know, with my squad, it doesn't make too much sense at this point as I'm still in contention, but it is something I'd look into if for some reason.
3: I fall out of playoff contention. Yeah. You, you guys brought up a point I wanted to touch on and I'll just add onto it. Um, that he's in line when that piece moves. Um, the, the, the deal that comes to mind for me, and obviously it was one that I was a part of, was uh, the Tolowitzki deal um, when he was hurt and still had some years left on his contract. Um, that's the type of deal when that comes up. You know, he's he's set up to do it. Um, but at the same time, you know, like you said, at some point he's got to cash this and go for it. Um, and he hasn't. You know, this is partially because of. Uh, You know, he trades draft cash for minor leaguers, for minor league picks. But at some point, he's got to show, you know, some ability to put together a good draft to complement those pieces. And, you know, maybe it is just because he hasn't uh, had the opportunity and hasn't had the team where the draft matters, but he hasn't shown that yet. You know, keepers, uh, minors are a good start, but step two, step three, step four, those steps still do tick. They're not going to happen automatically.
0: Yeah. And I think this week um, is a prime example. You know, we've seen Blake Snell, Jose Barrios, Sean Maniah, and Michael Fulmer all get the call up in the last, you know, six days or so, and I think it's just very easy to forget that 75% of these prospects, the most value they have is the day that they come up, the day that they're called up. That's, for a lot of them, that's the highest peak they're ever going to get to, Um So maybe Tom needs to flip a couple of these because, like you said with Burkhardt, he's had great minors for so long. But it almost gets to a point then where he has to take a risk in either keeping these guys um, or throwing them back in the pool. And he never gets to see the true value. Um, You know, they end up blossoming on someone else's team. So it is always better, you know, to have major league talent that you know what you're going to get. But prospects are certainly intriguing. Yeah, because, I,
3: I mean, I you look at the, my squad team, Gorilla Glue, I swung the complete opposite way for a few years there, where I was trading top prospects for, you know, supplemental my, major league guys, got close to championship, never won one, and in the meantime, you know, gutted my minor league system and see those guys turn into stars elsewhere. So, you know, there is the risk when you trade those guys, when you say they have the most value, when they're still
1: more the minors day they're called up, you know, some guys do turn into stars, but... Yeah, you're
3: right, uh, you know, the, the unknown future is always intriguing to people.
2: Yeah, let me say there's one thing that still really bothered me that hasn't been addressed by me yet, is that all of you for some reason think Jason Worth could potentially be a piece that gets traded. He has no business on a playoff team in the outfield, in my opinion. I think he's terrible, and I can't believe you guys actually think he's going to be flipped.
1: I don't think he's necessarily going to be flipped, but I'm just looking at something that I could see it possibly happening. Jason Worth has shown in the past that he can get hot for a, a period of time and, and knock some balls over the fence. So, I mean, a team like me who who needs that possible power guy, I mean, he probably doesn't fit out on my team because I I'm kind of filled up in the outfield right now, but I mean, someone yeah, that because so, you're
2: not going to make the playoffs,
1: that that also could be very true. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm probably not going to be a guy that's in the market for a guy like Worth, but I mean, someone that is reaching for, hey, I need a guy that could, could maybe supply a little bit of power down the stretch. Maybe, I'm not saying he's going to get anything, he's not going to get anything crazy. I'm saying maybe a couple bucks of draft cash, I don't know. Could be worth a flyer. I think, it also- yeah, I don't, I think,
3: I think the push on that, you know, Stein, I don't think, you know, he's going to be the centerpiece of a deal that's going to put a team over the top, but, you know, if a guy gets some injuries in his outfield, um, you know, it's, it's, there's worse guys you could trade. It's, um, he's, you know, he, he steals, I know he is 37, but if you have injuries and there's not guys available to get, I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, one of the top players traded at the deadline, but
0: I think there's, I, I think he could move. I think he could move. Yeah. He could definitely be a throw in, like say Tom gets a. Um, a keeper outfielder from someone he throws in worth along with like Yasmani Tomas, if he gets hot Adam Wainwright and Ventura, then worth adds value. That guy gets worse in the outfield um, by trading a keeper and, you know, replacing him with worth, but he adds value at third base and starting pitcher. Um, He's still, he's still a good piece to have in a 16 team league, I think.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he had, over 290 and over 15 home runs in
0: 2014. That wasn't that long ago. Kyle, we all don't have these. All right,
1: I guess we'll find out.
0: We all don't have the embarrassment of riches that you have. So I'm just going to apologize for the rest of the league See, there. that's the
1: one problem with Kyle. Like, he bases everyone else's team off of his. And, like, he doesn't realize that some of us have to scrape the bottom of the barrel a little bit to try to find find some some guys that are going to be worth taking a risk on here and there. He usually doesn't have to, to do that. So you got you got to step down to our, our team's level a little bit when you're assessing the situation. I don't know how to do that.
0: Hey, if Worth's best month of the season is September, he may uh, be on a team that knocks you out of the playoffs, buddy. So careful what you wish for. All right, next. I
3: hope I see Jason Worth in the playoffs. <laughs> next. I do I do want to throw one tidbit in there um, that I just looked up. Uh, I compiled my stats
0: this week, just checking everybody's standings. And uh,
3: Cody is ninth in hitting right now, so I don't think he's quite as bad as you guys expected. So, you know, is, is, is the trade going to move from ninth to seventh? Is that going to help? I don't know. But, yeah, he is ninth in the league in hitting right now, so overall, the
1: I feel like that's kind of right where I would, I would expect him to be I mean maybe maybe a little lower but you, you look at his team from, from years past and it's always been the home runs and total bases have always been a concern for me and the RBIs um, he hasn't had a lot a of, lot of big pop on his team. I don't know how much these guys improve it I think it does improve it a little bit um, and I certainly I certainly I mean I went on on the limb last week and said he will make the playoffs. I, th- I think it helps his chances i certainly
0: do the, the other good thing for cody here as a team that's kind of on the fringe he's making a go at it here in april but in june if he's out of it he now has pieces to flip back for prospects um so being a buyer in april isn't at the point where you're at you kind of can't go back on that so that's another thing to consider yeah. that's a great view from two directions um
3: Get the players early and you can bank these wins early in the year and they count just as same as if you make the trade in July. And like you said, you can move those pieces later if it doesn't work out for you.
0: Alright, Bino, we want to pick your brain a little bit since you're joining us this week and we don't know when we'll get you back. Um, so, I have a couple questions. Just want to hear your thoughts on some things related to Team Gorilla Glue and the league. Um, first, kind of give us all a little honest assessment of your team so far.
3: It's been disappointing. Um, it, it's, been, it's been a rough first three weeks. Um, I, as you guys said last week on the pod, and I would agree with you, my keepers were not good. Um, but at the same time, I had a bunch of guys hurt early, and it really, really hurt my hitting. My hitting has been bad. Um, I just got Brantley back. You know, I'll get Peralta back July 1st. Who knows if I'll be out of it or not by then. Those were, those were my two best keeper hitters. So um, after my draft, I had a ton of draft cash. I had a ton of um, moves made to focus on that draft, knowing my keeper were bat, and it hasn't panned out yet. Now on the flip side, my pitching, it, it's, it's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, I rank high in the uh, average categories, uh, batting average against uh, WHIP, ERA. I'm doing well in those. Um, definitely not doing as well in the counting stats, more picking my spots with starts this season as opposed to my past strategies have been just kicker 11 starters out there and take a few chances. My pitching does rank fifth. Um, hopefully, hopefully, like I said, I get guys back from injury, guys play a little better. You know, Paul Holtz has been bad. Um, Brandon Moss has been bad. There have been some guys who are all hitting under 200. I don't think that's going to continue. Um, on the positive side, I do rank in the top five in the league in home runs. Um, in total basis, so that's there. I'm just not getting the average OBP, that kind of thing. I do think my team is going to – skipping ahead a little bit here, but I do think the team is going to get better as it goes, as the season comes.
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, in the years past, I've always considered – I, I kind of have a, a overview of just how I view teams, and yours has always been one that I feel like if I'm playing Gorilla Glue, I'm expecting them to have a good offensive week. And pitching-wise is, is a, just a flip of a coin. I mean, usually probably not your strongest area. You've always been hitter-dominant. Hit and whatever you get pitching-wise is whatever you get. And it seems like it, it's kind of flip-flop this year. You have three starting pitchers in the top 20, it looks like, here. Um, and Jose Quintana, Steven Strasburg, and Jason Hamill, who's off to a nice start. Is that kind of the direction you wanted to go, or is that just something that, that kind of happened? It just kinda of happened. Um, my strategy on draft day was the same. Like you said, I wanted to I wanted to be a hitting dominant
3: team and you know, pitching falls where it may. I didn't change anything. It just so happens this year so far the pitching has gone well and hitting hasn't. Um, I, I, I don't know I don't know if the playoffs are a realistic goal, but I wanna keep pushing toward that right now. Um you know, especially with the expanded playoffs, the 18 playoffs, I think even getting in would be a, a good run for me. The pitching needs to, you know, stay where it is, and the hitting needs to get to where maybe even a little better than what I hoped.
0: So you're you're kind of saying, I guess, that you'd be happy making the playoffs, being six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Um, I guess from what I'm hearing, and you can kind of touch on this a little further, is you're not necessarily going to be a buyer. Um, but you want to hold with this team because you feel like it may be good enough to make the playoffs
3: it's it's, it's hard to say right now because right now i'm not in playoff contention through three and a half weeks it's, it's not you know it's not a playoff it's not playing like a playoff team um you know this week i'm I'm playing bill and i'm holding steady with him i think right now last I checked I was down four473. Earlier today, it was a 6-6-2 matchup, a lot of close categories. So man, this week could really be a, a turning week for me. If I if I can, you know, play Bill close or even beat him, you know, I think that's a, a view that I can play with the top teams. Now, you know, he comes around and blows me out. Well, I need to, I, I really need to start looking at trading players so I get blown out because at that point I'd be a lot of games out of it.
0: You know, twenty percent into the season or anything. You touched on the fact that you're playing Billy this week. Um, I know for me, you know, the guy that I want to compete with say my, my biggest rival in the league is Andy. You know, he's in my division. I respect his baseball knowledge, and I want to go toe-to-toe with him and, you know, kind of prove that I think I'm just as good. And I know for Shane, probably his biggest rivals in the league are Frank and Zach because he's always competing in the division with them is Billy, the guy that you consider, you know, he's kind of had a stranglehold in your division. You had it for a couple years there when I first came into the league, but Billy's set up for the long run um, and also, you know, right now. So would you say that Billy's probably your biggest rival in the league? Is there someone else that you kind of like to elevate your game when you're going up against?
3: I I think Billy's number one for all all the reasons you mentioned. We played twice a year, same division. We're the only two teams that have won the Cowherkin division since we've gone to the four four division setup. So, you know, in that division, it's been one or the other every year. It hasn't been – it hasn't really been where both of us are good at the same year. Um, he's been down when I was up, and now I'm down when he's up. Uh, but uh, but just the fact that we go against each other twice, have all the banners hanging up, I think that's the biggest rival. You know, I, I – I on the other hand, I do like going against Andy. I do – Enjoy getting a shot at him to beat him. You know, it feels good to beat him, uh, but I'm still haunted by that championship tie from many years ago they had against Andy in the finals, which did not go my way due to regular season record. You're never going to let that go, are you? Not a chance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of wish no, I had man. been in the league at that time. That sounds like it was probably some good theater there uh, and <laughs> at the end of this season. Um, Bina, who's the player that you are most excited about on your team, whether prospect or major league roster, um, right now?
3: Uh, it's it's my shortstops. It's uh, Corey Seeger and it's uh, Dansby Swanson. Um, obviously, Swanson hasn't played a major league inning yet, but he's on my major league roster. But those two guys, I feel, you know, Seeger's there. He's playing, you know, in a year or two, he might be one of the 15 best players in the league. Swanson has that potential to. Um, and I see those two guys as long-term building, building blocks. Those guys are my middle infielders. I think I can put pizzas around them to form a championship
1: team. It's interesting. You, you say Seager and Swanson. Um, I don't want to touch on it too much. But I trade you a guy like Javier Baez. I'm still probably the only person in the league that believes in Javier Baez, maybe other than you. Um, I still think he's a pretty good player, and I still see a lot of potential with him if he ever gets... That full time playing playing position. What are your thoughts about Javier Baez?
3: He's off to a good start when he plays. Um, he's hitting over three hundred, he's got a couple home runs. I like Baez a lot. Um but the question is gonna be, is he gonna get that full time spot? And you know, I I, I I hope so. You know, honestly I'd love to see him get traded to a team where he can play every day. Um and if he does get that, then I think Bias could absolutely be a centerpiece of the team. But you know, you have to balance the present and the future. And just right now, he's not. You know, his path is unknown going forward. If he's going to get his chances, another thing he's already been kept a few times. Um, you know, he doesn't have quite as long-term opportunity as uh, Swanson and uh, and uh, Seager. Like Seager has no, hasn't been kept at all. Same with uh, Swanson, I believe. As the K two, yep. So you know that's, that limits his long term value right there by two years. I mean, like I said, not that not going to be a, a couldn't be a
0: force, but you know, there's a lot more factors going than potential. The other thing I thought was interesting, you talked about how your shortstops are kind of the key piece of your team, and you talked about how Billy is your main threat um, in the Cal Division. He obviously has Bogarts and Correa. That was one thing I noticed on draft day, that there was a couple teams that had, it seemed, all the shortstops. You had Seager um, and Peralta on draft day, who we were all kind of excited about. Um, Obviously, Bogarts and Correa. You know, you guys kind of putting a stranglehold on the shortstop position. I know it's kind of affected Shane and I, at least out of the guys in the league, because Shane's shortstop's been a revolving door, and... You know, Diaz has been nice for me so far, but I was kind of hanging on to Jonathan VR for a little bit. It's I think it's important that you um, that you have a good middle, and I wanted wanted to know if that Swanson's position played any um, was it any of the, any deciding factor when you went that dollar for him on a draft day.
3: Sure. I mean, um, middle infield, um, it's been, it, let's be honest, oh, I'm going to be, we'll be born here. It's been since the steroid testing has come in. Uh, the position depth isn't the same in the middle infield as it was, you know, in the late 90s. I'm not insinuating all those guys were on roids, but, uh, you know, A Rod, Garcia Parra, Geeter, um, I'm sure I'm missing a few more. But the shortstop was a deep position then. And the hitting is just isn't there anymore. So, especially in the middle infield, they're scarcity. There's not as many guys to go around. You can see it with those teams when I was competing for championships, so I had Tolowitzki and Peralta, you know. If you can stranglehold on the positions where there's not a lot of guys, you know, you benefit you and you hurt the other teams, you know. And, you know, if you get the 10th outfielder compared to the first outfielder, is isn't as much of a drop-off as the first tenth shorts.
0: Last question for me, question. For, for you, Bino. Um, you talked about Dansby Swanson. One thing we've been doing on our other podcast is doing some prospect comps. Um, what are you expecting from Swanson? What kind of a what kind of a fantasy asset do you think you have here? I know the the kind of write up on him so far is that he's just a good baseball player. He's not going to put up a thirty home run season. He's not going to hit probably three fifty. But he's just going to be steady. Um, he's not going to steal thirty five bags. He's just going to be good at a lot of things. Is that something that you expect, or you think there's more upside there?
3: No, I mean, you need those guys, too. You know, every, you can't have all – it's just impossible the way the league is set up that all stars. So, you know, if Swanson has that steady, steady hand, you know, hitting high 280s, ninety, fifteen, twenty 15, home runs, that's still a great output from the shortstop, especially at, you know, rookie rookie contract. So the, the hope for him, honestly, is, um, you know, if he sits in the minor leagues for three years – well, you know, with him on a minor league schedule for me, that's not good. That's half his uh, eligibility just gone, and a spot on my roster taken up. So, the one thing I'm hoping for is he gets up quick, and we can we can see what he actually has.
0: I think that's definitely a possibility. I know I, I'm hoping to see him in September, um, at the at the latest. But we'll see. That'd be great. You guys got anything else for Bino? Yeah, I had a couple questions
1: here. Uh, first off, you are the. I guess we'll call you the engineer of the new playoff system. Um, what are uh, What are your thoughts about us moving to the new eighteen format, and how do you think it's going to affect the league?
3: Well, the main the main idea behind it, well, excuse me, the main idea behind the playoff system was, you know, I thought there was too much upward movement of players from the bottom of the league to the top of the league. I don't mind trades. Trades are great. Everybody gets excited for trades. But I was seeing teams going into the playoffs with uh, rosters that didn't, even, didn't come close to resembling what they had in April. Um, so I wanted to try to limit that a little bit. So I think with the 18-playoffs, there's going to be less, less sellers at the deadline, more people are going to be into the race, and with less sellers, the value is going to go up. So, you know, lower, lower ranked teams are going to be able to get more, I think. And if you look at our playoffs, there isn't too much of a variation Amongst teams making the playoffs, so you know, hopefully we can get a little more parity in the league. But at the same time, I do think that you know, getting a top two seed is now more valuable than ever. Skipping two rounds of play and getting straight to the semifinals, or being a top two team, is um, is a huge bonus. You can get to sit out for three weeks and let the other teams go at it. Wait for wait for the team to come out of it. So I think I do think the
1: playoff system is going to be going to be a good thing for the league. All right, uh, and then just something we we do in our in our football league. Uh, just your opinion on the state of the league. Uh, any improvements you think we could make? Uh, areas that you're concerned we we need to change up a little bit. What uh what are your thoughts just about the whole state of the league right now?
3: Well, you know this is this is my favorite league I played. I only play one fantasy baseball league. You know I dabble in some other sports, but. Uh, the league's been going for 10 years now, and, you know, we make changes as it goes. I, I I think we have 16 good owners in the league who care and want to play. I don't see too much of a problem with uh, teams not being checked toward the end of the year. It's a huge problem in almost every league I've played in any sport. Um, I do think, you know, there's a couple of minor things, the way uh, some roster stuff, you know. If you get a minor league and it becomes a star, it's just the biggest asset you can get. Um, it's so much of an advantage if the minor league you have turns into a star and you get a top 10 player at $2, you know, and then the arbitration turns, I and mean, arbitration usually doesn't turn guys that high of a salary. So maybe a little tweaking in that to, uh, you know, not give so much of an advantage to guys who happen to get the star minor leaguers, but... You know that's a minor quibble, and if everyone dis- you know—a lot of people probably disagree with me on that, and you know I don't think I'm right in anything. But I, I think the league is in a good spot. We reevaluate every year, rules that can be changed. And I think that's the most important thing: is we look at the league every year and say this thing needs to be fixed and fix it as we're going. All
1: right, one more for you. Um, I think if we're being completely honest, we don't think that 2016 is going to be a playoff year for Gorilla Glue. When do we see you back? Sorry.
3: I missed that last part.
1: When do we see Team Gorilla Glue back in the playoffs?
3: Well, I hope 2016, but you know, like you said, it's a one bad week from really being in trouble. Um, I'd, I'd like to say 2017, um, but I think I think 2018 is probably a realistic goal as far as a chance to compete for a championship. You know, if you just get in the playoffs, you may not, you know, actually have a real chance to win it. You know, you could get into the playoffs. I could get in the playoffs next year. But in 2018, I think I, I have the goal of competing for a championship. All right. Hey,
2: Bino, I got a, I got a couple questions for you. All right. Good, Kyle. Bino, you can hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear. You. I'm good. All right, I got a couple questions for you, sir. Um, so looking at your team and you know establishing just now that we think 2016 is a little unrealistic for a championship, you know who you know who are the top five names on your team you see moving at the deadline or sooner?
1: Shock that Kyle asked this well, question.
3: Uh, yeah, um, I've actually I'm had a trade a- guy. What do you expect? I've had, a, I've had a few calls from teams already looking and. My response was, it's a little too early for that. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's um, it's guys that were drafted. You know, when you draft a player, you're going to get them in a little more. You're going to end up paying probably more than they're worth to get them. Um, but I definitely see Hunter Pence being a guy I could move for some pieces when it comes to that. Um, basically, my uh, majority of my outfield is uh, – Hayward, Hayward's another guy. Um, Nelson Cruz, you know, I love Cruz. She's playing well, but, you know, he's probably not going to get kept on it for $41, so the team can uh, absorb that kind of contract. That'd be a guy I'm looking to move. Uh, so, like I said, Cruz, Hayward, Pence, basically my outfield. Um, I think it's a little more interesting just because some of those guys, you know, I haven't spent a ton of money on a lot of those guys, so the possibility of the keeper is there a little more. Katana's 18, so you know if he continues pitching as well, he's a guy you know maybe I keep him, maybe I don't. Same thing with Casimir and Kennedy. Like those guys aren't too high priced that I would absolutely roll out rule out keeping them. So the three main guys would be like, my outfielders. But I, I always say when somebody asks, uh, asks me, anybody who's available for the right price.
1: Yeah, just touching on that a little bit I know we want to move on but you had a lot of draft cash to spend this year and I think we all agree you did pretty well with it you went out and you, you bought a lot of high-priced guys and if it does come down to you selling it looks like because of that you're probably going to have to make a few different deals because you're obviously probably not going to be able to move Cruz and Hayward in the same deal I don't, I don't know that anyone's going to have $80 of cap space to to take on guys like that um you're probably gonna to have to make two or three separate moves. What uh, what is the direction of wants? Are you looking for more draft cash again? Is that the route you want to take again, or is it uh, I need to stock up on maybe some minor league talent?
3: Yeah, my my uh, my opinions definitely changed on minor league picks, minor league talent. Um, gotten more involved in uh, doing some scouting on those guys the last couple of years, so. When I make trades, I actually, I try to diversify. I try to get some of each. Um, I do think draft cash is very important. I think I'd probably rate that as, as high as anyone else does in the league. Um, if you can go that extra dollar for players, you can get some guys in the draft. Uh, but at the same time, like I said before, the biggest advantage you can get are minor leaguers who turn into stars. So you got to have
1: chances at that with picks and uh, other minor leaguers. All right. That's all I have for you, Bino.
3: But,
2: you, know, you know, there's one name that uh, I didn't hear that I wanted to hear. Um, Steven Strasburg. What's his deal?
3: He's available. Um, he's a guy who could potentially move. It, you know, he had a disappointing season last year. He's pitched well this year. Um, he's a K-6 right now. So, he's got two more years left. Um he, but he's a, on the same token. He's a he's a young guy that had a reasonable contract when he's pitching as well as he um, can. That he's a guy I think as a keeper can be a centerpiece. So he's not someone I'd definitely be looking to move. But like I said, if the price is right. He can be it. All right,
0: Bino. Um, I know I specifically um, appreciate the honest insight. Into your team Sometimes it's hard When you're in a league With guys to, uh, to not play your cards Close to your vest So You know Giving us a little Look into the window of Team Gorilla Glue Is much appreciated I thought that was um, I thought that was Very good So um, Let's move forward here I do want to say George Contos Has been dropped This week um, So I know that was Some good uh, Some good comedy <laughs> Um,
1: Contos has been dropped, but I noticed that there hasn't been moves from the Sluggers this week as far as putting their starting pitching in. Uh, kind of killing me in the division, Burkhart. Need you to pick up some wins against Frank this week. Need you to get those starters back in there, buddy. Come on. Help well, you out. know, I did say there's
3: not a lot of players who uh, don't set their line on foot, and they have been mistaken
1: on that one. I, I, I follow my division very closely because obviously the – the, the race in my division is very important to me. I take the divisions more seriously than, than anything else. And I, I, I count on those other divisional matchups, uh, trying to keep it close and giving those top teams a couple of losses every week. But you got to help me out, Car, Come on, brother.
0: That's a good segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about. So far, tightest race in the division is between you, Shane, and the commish, Zach, Kingdom Come. How important is this week's matchup for you guys, um, or is it too early for it to have that great of an impact?
3: I'm guessing Shane hopes it doesn't have that much of an impact.
0: Yeah, the way things are going right now,
1: uh, I I hope it's not a huge impact, but I I think it is. Anytime I play Zach or Frank, it seems like in the past few years, it's it's always very important. Um, You never like to get blown out. He's been blowing me out most of the week. I've caught him in a couple categories today. Uh, with some good batting average and on-base stuff today from my guys. But like I said last week, I, I my goal going into these division match, matchups when I play Frank, when I play Zach, is it, just don't get blown out. And the way it started out this week, it, it looks like Zach might put a hurting on me. And if he can come away with a, a 10-2, 11-2 like it was looking the past couple of days, I mean, it's huge. You're picking up nine games and in one week against a guy that you're competing closely with and you don't want to let a guy get too much separation. Um, I know it's a long season, but a nine win gap in one week is something huge to come over. It's, it's hard to gain ground sometimes in this league. Um, wins are hard to come by and it's, it's been a disappointing week for me so far. So hopefully the rest of the way here, we're at the midway point. I can, I can catch them in a few more categories. Uh, I know I was a little disappointed, I lost four games today in the the rain out of the Colorado-Pittsburgh game, so that hurts trying to catch up. But, yeah, hopefully the weekend's going to treat me well and I can even this baby up a little bit with Zach and and not let him get too far ahead.
3: Yeah, that's the thing with these division games is when you lose, you're losing games as they're gaining. You know, a team in your division puts 11 wins up and you play somebody else and put up eight. They had a great week, but they only gained a few games on you. When they put 11
0: games up on you, it's uh, doubling hard. Kyle, what are your thoughts on the Pete Rose division uh, race, especially this week? Yeah, I
2: think uh, this is going to be a big one for Shane. Uh, I think you guys hit it on the head when you mentioned – um, you know, when you're playing that team in your division that is closely in a race with you, um, you got to be able to keep it close because if they can gain a lot of categories um, in one week like this, it, it's going to really hurt you. So uh, Shane's going to have to figure out how to get a couple categories back because you no, know, I don't, I don't think it will serve him well to get blown out.
1: Thanks, Kyle. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it will serve me well either. Uh, <laughs>
2: There, there's not there's
0: not much to it. Win more games than the other people in your division. That's some hard-hitting um, advice right there from our <laughs> defending champion.
1: Yeah, it, it's just frustrating for me. It's frustrating for me because I, I spoke about it. I, I had a huge week in week two where I, I had the best week in the league out of everyone. And I'm playing against Burkhart. And it's frustrating. I wish I could have one of those weeks when I play a team like Zach or, or Frank. And I, I can put that that big win on them, maybe you get double-digit wins and, and you swing, you swing the, the win-loss in your favor big time. Uh, it just doesn't seem to happen for me when I play against these guys. Uh, me and Frank, it always seems to be 7-7, 8-6, 7-6. Came down to the last at-bat of the, the week last week. Colby Rasmus hits a home run in the bottom of the ninth, and Frank takes the win over me. Um, my pitching just blows up this week against Zach. He's having another great week offensively. Um just seems like I can't put together the the best weeks when I play those guys. So hopefully things turn around a little bit.
0: And for anybody that cares about that sob story about Shane's bad luck, uh let us know because I certainly am sick of hearing him whine about this every single week.
1: I'm never going to stop. <laughs>
0: All right, I want to do a a new weekly segment on the Blue Mountain podcast. Um, We're going to talk top threes. So, I'm going to go through positional groups in the league and talk about who the top three teams are um, in those positional groups. So, this week, we're going to go with catchers and corner infielders. Thought it would be nice to group those together. So, who do you guys think are the top three teams um, in the catching, first base, third base, and corner infielder units? Um, Bino, since you're our special guest this week, why don't you uh, why don't you lead off for us?
3: Sure. Um, third place, I had the uh, third and second, I will say, separated by a fingernail, I think they could go either way. Um, but I had third place, I had our one of our guests here, Max American Stallions. Um, Rizzo, Arenado, and Votto, corner infield spots, you know, as good as it's going to get. Very solid guys, you know, Gomes is the catcher. You know, obviously, there's less less positional depth, less put on the catcher. He's, he's fine. fine. He's fine, but I, I just got him drink rank third. Like I said, just a hair above them, I had the Fanatics with Adam. Uh, Hanley Ramirez, Chris Bryant, Adrian Gonzalez, Duda at the corner infield spots. And a guy I've had on my team a few years the catcher, Miguel Montero. Again, he's a fine catcher, but it's the rest of the guys that uh, really separate themselves, it's a great unit he's got. And then first place, I have the Matadors. Uh, main reason I have them is they've got he's got Posey as the catcher, so he's just a step up from those other guys that kind of separates him just having Posey as the catcher. But to go with that, he's got Goldschmidt and at the two corners, and you know just Yar is still fine. He's, he's, a, he's a third guy. He's still fine, but I think Posey puts him over the top. So again, I had Matadors first, uh, Fanatics second, Stallions third.
0: All right, I had the same three teams, so I guess I'll go next. Um, the interesting thing is I had them in the reverse order of view, so third I have ball, second Adam, first Kyle. Uh, the reason why I had Kyle first over Adam, love Gonzalez, love Brian, I'm actually probably the biggest Duda fan in the league. I think he's still a really good first baseman, but to me Rizzo's better than Agon, Arenado's better than Chris Bryant, and Vado's better than Duda. So that's why I had Kyle ahead of Adam in my opinion, and then the catcher's coin flip. Um, but it's obviously nice having Chris Bryant right now at two dollars. So that that's that's definitely a bonus in Adam's favor. Um, but I like I like Rizzo, Arenado, and Votto as the top trio of corner infielders. So another feather in Kyle's cap there for me.
1: Yeah, I have the Stallions number one, and it's not close. Um, the combination of Rizzo and Arenado for me is enough to put them above everyone else. Before you even mentioned the other guys, so, um, yeah, the Stallions I have number one. I have the Matadors number two. Uh, you can't go wrong. Posey, Goldschmidt, Beltre, uh, and then Tcherre is a nice round out And number three was tough for me. I, I went through a bunch of different teams, and I'm not confident in this, but I'm going to give the nod to the Dutch Oven. Um, they've had some guys off to a slow start here uh, that I think will pick it up. So, as far as Freddie Freeman. Uh, Matt Carpenter, Kyle Seager, um, those three guys, I feel like they have some pedigree. They're going to pick it up here as the season goes along. So uh, I saw them in third.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's going to come to any surprise. that I'm going to pick myself with the best, uh, corner and field catcher potential. Um, you know, I, 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 love Rizzo. I love Arenado. And I just think, you know, having two, you know, top 10 guys in your corner infield, um, is huge, and then Vado starting out slow, but not really concerned about him. And Gomes is going to be Gomes; he's going to hit homers, and you know as long as he can stay healthy, he'll be all right. Uh, second, I had the Matadors, um, and and I didn't think it was close from second to third either. Um, and third place, I'm with, I'm with Shane; uh, I'm taking the Dutch Oven slightly over the Fanatics. Um, you know just based off of a little more consistency so i think that's a tight race there and could go either way but uh i'm taking the oven
0: sounds like we have a pretty strong consensus top four then in the league as far as catchers and yeah. corners
2: um i will man if they didn't have mark
1: reynolds
0: yeah day yeah. was a team i
1: looked at and having mark reynolds just kind of killed it for me i couldn't put him up there uh over the oven.
0: Yeah, and even though Schwarber's hurt, I guess we could have mentioned Schwarber, Cabrera, Machado. You know, if you're talking long term, Schwarber and Machado's a good half of, of this, this positional group, so um yeah, I definitely would agree with that. Machado is a grand slam tonight, so he's having a great game for the Orioles. Um love love Manny Machado. Shane who else wanna point an interesting uh an interesting little tidbit. When
1: I first started doing the research on this, yeah, I went right to the player rater.
3: Obviously, it's a small sample size, but I just thought it was interesting that, uh, and obviously this is you know small sample size, like I said, but four of the top 11 catchers are uh, free agents right now. So four of the top 11 performing catchers are not on a team right now.
0: Hmm. That, that's interesting. I know catcher is just a hard position. I think sometimes people just don't, you know, look to add those guys in free agency because it is the catcher position and you never know what you're going to get. But yeah, at some point if those guys keep uh, hitting, I'm sure some people would, you know, want to look to drop some. So, Shane, who yeah, else? That's, that
3: is part of the reason. That's part of the reason I had the Matadors first because I thought the the gap between Posey and Gomes and uh, Montero was a bigger gap than in the rest of the field. So, but like I said, I can't argue with any of your guys' picks. You know, I was right there
0: with you. Just the order a little different. Who else, who else were you considering, um, Shane, when you, you said you went through a couple names?
1: Yeah, I was actually looking at uh, your team, Day's team, and Jordan Revolution I actually took a look at as well. Um, just where Revolution having Frazier, Longo, and Steven Vogt. Um, pretty solid three votes votes a nice uh, nice piece of catcher. I feel like he's underrated um, Can get really hot and then Fraser and Longo. I just like the consistency. You're gonna get 20 plus homers probably and They're gonna they're gonna do well for you. I, I like what you're doing with uh, with a breu Tyler whites off to a really nice start um, He has Monty Grandal. I, I like behind the plate and it kind of killed me just, I mean, looking tonight, having Brett Laurie in the corner isn't isn't really doing too much for me, but that's kind of what kept you out.
0: Well, Will Myers is my corner. He's just not playing tonight, so.
1: I, I didn't even actually think of that. I was just looking at your roster tonight. and So, yeah, you throw Myers in there, he's off to a nice start as well, uh, tearing the cover off the ball. So you, you were you were pretty close to, to being in that three slot for me as well. I, I just went with Oven because I just feel like those four guys are, are pretty consistent and they'll figure it out.
0: Speaking of Tyler White, guys, he is on the trade block. If anybody's interested in Tyler White, let me know. Breaking news. <laughs> um, Bino, one last thing. You well, said... you see my
2: corner infield. You know I don't have room for him. Shut
0: up, Kyle. Um, <laughs> Bino, you went through the, the rankings as far as stats. Um, you know We've kind of missed your weekly recaps this week, this year so far. I'm kind of interested if there was anything curious that you saw in those rankings, if you have them in front of you.
3: Um, I don't have them in front of me, but I did look them over and I did have a couple things that jumped out at me. Um, believe it or not, I don't know, maybe I have these rankings subconsciously rigged to uh, make me feel better, but I have my, myself as the most underperforming team in the league. Um, three slots lower than what my stats say I should be. Um, as well, me and as well as, uh, the... Uh, who's in last place? Who's the worst team in the league right now?
1: Bur- Burkhardt?
3: No, it's not Burkhardt.
1: Dutch Oven? Burkhardt.
3: Yeah, Dutch Oven is actually a little better than what their record is stating as well. As I am. They're both, we're both three slots better. Um, and uh, on the flip side, it's uh, Jordan Revolution, most uh, overachieving team right now. Um, everybody else is, is within a spot or two of what my ranking city should be. Um, like you said last week, Kyle, Andy, Bill are the top three teams in some order, and that's exactly what my stats uh, say to back it up. So, um, like I said, you know, and that's kind of what I base my outlook on is if my hitting can turn around a little bit, my pitching has done well, and if I can get one, with the matchups, um, I don't think it's out of the question to, uh, turn the team around a
1: little bit this year, but, um, like I said, hopefully I can get a, a wrap-up or two out, um, in the next week or so,
3: I don't know if I'll be able to get all team wrap-ups. but I did start putting stats together, and it wasn't too it wasn't too fascinating this time. It wasn't it wasn't like last year where um, my first rankings had Kyle ranked very low statistically, despite his good record, and he did turn that around, obviously. But uh, that's just some things I remembered off the top of my head. Because, like I said, I forgot to print them out. And don't have them right in front of me.
0: All right, I think that's all we got for tonight, unless anybody has anything to add.
1: No, it's going to be
0: interesting as this is the last week of divisional play,
1: and and then we start getting into the, the rest of our schedule. We, for me, I know it's it's I never, the divisional matchups kind of make me sick to my stomach. I, I spent so much time, in, in these matchups. I like to get uh get out in the league and, play some different teams. Um, but, just it's been really clear cut for me that we have three teams that are a little bit ahead of everyone right now. And it's just going to be interesting to see those teams that are four through whatever it is, what are they going to do to, to make that jump up to try to catch uh, the stallions, the matadors and the bombers right now? Cause I, I feel like they're, they're just a little bit above everyone else right now. Maybe not even a little, a lot probably.
3: And like I said, the trade deadline is always a big deal. Not even the trade deadline, the trade is always a big deal in our league. Uh, like I said, teams going to the playoffs with rosters that don't resemble what they look like now. So, you know, it, it becomes an arms race, and we'll see if that continues even with that 18 team playoff uh, system. We'll see if that arms race continues this year.
0: Let's hope it's an arms race, because right now Kyle would not win if it was. <laughs>
1: I feel like kyle has been sleeping over there during most of this podcast. Yeah, dude, are you here? Yeah, dude, I'm uh, having connection issues, and... and
2: his
3: video is like pointing at the wall.
0: Pay your internet bill.
3: <laughs> well, the all right, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> all
0: right, um, thanks for joining us, Vino. Like
2: every time Justin talks, it sounds like a robot to me, so I'm sorry.
0: Vino, <laughs> thanks for joining us. I uh, hope you had as much fun as we did. I thought this was a uh, really good insight into the league. As a whole, this week, Um, Shane and Kyle, we're gonna go for round two and do our usual MLB wide podcast here next. So look for that one after you listen to this one. Um, Just looking forward to keeping the league going this year and seeing seeing how things shake out. I know it's kind of tight in the middle right now, and with eight teams making the playoffs, uh, I know I'm expecting almost anything to happen. So signing off. um, I'm Matt Kozlowski for Shane Stein. Kyle Stramara, and Justin O'Brien. I just wanted to say,
3: had a fantastic time. I uh, hope to come back. I'd love to come back and uh, do a non fantasy baseball plot at some point. So you guys do a nice job. I'm happy
0: to be here. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening.